you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. And so the Colts call. But at this point, it's, it's not a scout. It's not an OC. It's Tony Dungy. Because me and Tony Dungy had a talk at the Combine for about two hours. We were only supposed to be 15 minutes. We just talked about life. He was like, if you run a 4-3, we'll draft you in the first round, no question. I was like, all right, cool. Run 4-3. He's on the phone. We are battling right now. And he goes, the scouts want Joseph Adai, but all the coaches want you. So when the word Joseph comes out of his mouth, I, I lost you, it. you were like, what? I'm tripping now because I'm like, we don't know where I'm going to go. Check football program available on iTunes and at davedemeshek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Demeshek. Oh yeah, Maurice Jones-Drew recounting his dramatic tale from the 2006 draft. The 2017 draft is nearly upon us. Go back and listen to MJD's fascinating. Occasionally heartbreaking, ultimately uplifting yarn. You can track it down on social media. Facebook, it's out there on the NFL handle. It's uh, You can find it on my Twitter account, at Damashek. Dig it up. It's 16 minutes. You don't have anything better to do. It's, a, it's good stuff. Plus, it involves uh, that 2006 draft class of Reggie Bush and Vince Young and Mario Williams. Oh, and that's just the start of it. And the five running backs, one by one, who got taken ahead of Maurice Jones-Drew. It's really fascinating. And perhaps... If you have someone who is highly touted who is available in the 2017 draft, you may want to sit him down to watch this to to write himself mentally and emotionally for what uh, for what awaits him in Philadelphia, PA. Anywho, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program presented by me undies, underpants. I'm touching them as I say it. 
I hope you like the sound of that. We'll get into that in just a second. Let me say hello to our two guests here in Studio 66. First of all, way over at the end there to my uh, to my left, he is part of NFL Fantasy Live. You read his fantasy pages, and you read some of his other work there. I want to hear a little bit about this. It's Marcus Grant, everybody. What's the poop? I'm always excited to be back on the show, Dave. What a pleasure to see you once again. I feel sunnier on the inside <laughs> for seeing you. And, yes, you're doing some writing beyond uh, pro football, eh? I am. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy the football gig, but every now and then I like to branch out. So I started this weird little project. Um, a few years ago, I came across this show called Kolchak the Night Stalker from the like early to mid-'70s. Uh, it was like kind of a forerunner to the X-Files. And I think I got hooked because uh, Darren McGavin, a.k.a. the dad from uh, A Christmas Story, is the star of it. So I decided just to uh, kind of go back. He's and, the best. Uh, he died a couple of years ago. Yeah, not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, not too not too long ago. And so uh, I decided to go out and just, you know, for a laugh, uh, you know, spend a few bucks on Amazon to buy the series and watch and write and record recaps for each episode. So uh, every Friday I release them. You can find them, uh, self-promotion here, um, MarcusGrant.com. And, uh, yeah, I do them every week. Uh, they come out on Friday mornings. Uh, so far, the reaction has been pretty good. They've, they've been a lot of fun to do so far. How weird. No, it's great. <laughs> and uh, the game of football is important, the game of life perhaps even more so. Seated to my immediate left, he, uh, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I like that. I've always liked that about him. He's a great fantasy analyst. I love that about him. And he has shown the temerity with his pal Matt Harmon to take his fancy hipster beard and turn it into an entire podcast, The Fantasy Hipsters. Track it down on iTunes. It's the franchise, Matt Franciscovich. What's the poop with you, fellas? Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me on, man. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. Yes. How's uh, the Fantasy Hipsters podcast going? You, well. You, you uh, um, really don't like the people the the fantasy hipsters come from like you and your pal Harmon who's a uh, recurring guest here on DDFP as well you don't favor people who make obvious points about fantasy and that's where the hipster comes from that's you're right a, that's you're right. above it all uh, we're we're beyond the mainstream advice we're right. trying to find the underground guys before they blow up well then uh, then you both actually will be useful as we uh, pour over I've been promising we'll do it we did the league of leagues draft this is a NFL major league baseball and NBA draft. It uh, is a dynasty league. It, it is ongoing from now till the end of time, presumably. And I want you guys to break down and see how uh, how Damashek and everybody else did. Jonah Carey in the league. Will Brinson. Uh, Adam Rank is in it. James Coe. So on and so forth. I want to get your objective thoughts on that. First, though, I want to get your objective thoughts on this. As I watched the golf over the weekend, it occurred to me. I was I, First of all, I, I say it every year, and I and I mean it. It seems to me if you show up at the at the Masters, you're packing your bag. Hey, gonna fly into Georgia, then make the drive over to Augusta, and uh, you pack your bag for the week. Don't you think at some point it it crosses your mind like, ooh, on Sunday if I'm in contention, I want my outfit to go with the green jacket. Now it's not easy to match a green. That's a Kelly green jacket. Not a lot goes with it, but nevertheless, you want to match it, don't you? Well. That there might little, be some superstition involved. I say that seems a little presumptuous, yeah, right? I disagree. No, no, no. This says winner. When this, you show right, up right. on Sunday morning looking like, oh, you know what goes with my clothes today? A green jacket. That says to your foes, he's ready and I'm not. I mean, well, why can't you just wear like a white shirt or something and some khakis? Don't be wise with me. I, I, I mean, that's fine. I feel like it's different than Tiger Woods wearing the red on Sunday. Okay. The exception, because that – <laughs> the red thing for Tiger was his thing, so I'm going to give him a pass on that. Okay. 
However, Bernhard Longer, 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 <laughs> he showed up one year and won it in all, not just a bright red shirt, but a right red pants too. Oh, I find this an out. <laughs> Look, looking like a Christmas tree. He should have, he should have been taken out of contention right there. I don't know. See, I think I feel like if you if you don't plan to maybe match the jacket, then you should go completely the other direction and be as loud as possible. I mean, like you know, like like a, a Ricky Fowler. You know, neon orange shirt. That's or what he did, like and that. the matching uh, chapeau. Right, but it was right. a little bit uh, you, uh, you know, hurricanes chic. <laughs> if he would have won, I think I think the green jacket's prestigious enough that these guys could care less about about matching their outfit. Well, it they just want they just want to wear it no I, matter what. Well, that's where I part ways with them. All right, you know, that's, that's <laughs> not the right that's not the right mentality to take into the Masters now. Um, so this led me to the gold standard for the green jacket is Jack Nicholas because he always wore on Sundays at the Masters. He would wear like a, a a light yellow shirt and then plaid pants. Natalie matching the uh, the green jacket um, that he went, and I remember him doing that in 1986. And then I said, "Wow, that's one of the three or so greatest sporting events of my lifetime since 1980." I think talk about gold standards, the greatest sports moment I think of all time, certainly of my lifetime, beyond compare. 1980, the U.S. of A. defeats the Soviets in puck. And now all other sporting events are, can, are are compared to it. That leads me to this, and I have uh, I'm not just going to leave it with you, Marcus, and you franchise. I'm also opening it up to the Czech Republic, or I already have asked for it on social media. They have responded the greatest moment since 1980 in sports. Let's get into that real quick. I also tweeted out though, a green jacket or gold jacket. Which would you rather have, Marcus? I start with you. I would say the the gold jacket simply because it represents a career span of excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the gold the green jacket's nice, but you have to, you can you know you can get hot for a weekend. You can play well for a weekend, and you can you know you don't have to, have to ever play well again after that to win a green jacket. A gold jacket means you were excellent for a sustained period of time. Boy, I I could have taken the first two thirds of the of of uh, of your review there and uh, said you're describing Joe Flacco until you, <laughs> until you brought the green jacket. You play well for a very short stretch and then no one can ever question you again and you get a lot of good <laughs> stuff out of it. Yeah, Joe Flacco basically is what you're describing. Uh, franchise, I'll say you. I think I got to agree with Marcus and go gold here just because, like you said, you can be hot for a weekend. But the gold jacket – plus people got to vote you into the Hall of Fame, right? So – they have to like you. Yeah, you got to be likable. Yeah. If you you could be the biggest, the biggest uh, a hole on the planet and still Wait win a the second. Masters, you like so you like the standard that the that these curmudgeonly sports writers must like you. You you like that element. I'm not saying I like it. I'm you saying would think it's, I'm saying it's another another something to achieve. Ask, ask I Carol you. Owens. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but <laughs> but being as vain as I am, you would think that would be what makes me want the gold jacket. Is like, see, people like me, and that's why they that's why they're voting for me. A- an extra, you know, thing in my favor. I go green jacket because practically now I can go play Augusta whenever I want. Hey, open up the course. Dave's coming over. He wants to play or he wants to take a quick loop. But I feel like if you are a <laughs> an NFL Hall of Famer, I mean, obviously depending on who, like. I don't think Tom Brady's are going to have a problem getting on to Augusta if he wants to. Hmm. 
Now that's a good point. <laughs> you know, I don't usually like when people take my hypotheticals and find the uh, the the crack in the logic <laughs> there, but you just have done it, and I like it. You're right. There's some levels. You know, there I mean, that one. And there's there's a point to which you know your celebrity, even in another sport, will allow you to get through doors that the rest of us can't get through. How low on the QB food chain do you need to be before they're like, no, you're not. Sorry, I'm not bringing you in. Could T.O. go play? He has a couple things against him. One, he isn't likable. Two, I think we've heard some stuff about Augusta. Yeah, and, and, uh, and it's history. His uh, flesh tone may not be right. there. Yeah, he may have a tough time getting on. But see, here's the thing. I, I think, you but be, I think on the flip side, I think Jerry Rice might be able to get into Augusta. I think that's Just true. because he has enough cachet that I think he could get on and play. Could Russell Wilson go? Could he call them up and say, I'm down to – I'm looking no. at I think I think he could just because he's current. Could Matt Ryan – He's in Atlanta. He's See, I think, but I think, I think, I think proximity helps Matt Ryan out. Yeah, that he could get in. He probably knows some guys over there. He's so got, Brady he's got a guy definitely. At Brady definitely. Super Bowl loser, but uh, proximity counts for Matt Ryan. He gets in. He can go play Augusta. If he <laughs> but not, there's all kinds of but factors. Not, not any time he wants. He can't just pick up the phone and call. I think you know every so often. Maybe like, hey, I just played in the Super Bowl. Can I get on the course? Right. Would you take <laughs> advantage of those things if you were an NFL QB? Heck yeah. Yes. You wouldn't feel bad. You wouldn't have any ego about like or wouldn't feel shame walking in front of, hey, it's a, this is the best restaurant in town. It's an hour and 15-minute wait. Not for you, Matty Ice. Like, uh, yeah, the ice party, party of seven. <laughs> ice. Okay. Wait, why does this guy get to so, sit down in front of us, Maitre D? Because he's Matty Ice. Yeah, but he and then then everybody's yelling back. You lost the Super Bowl. No, if you you know like that kind of thing. I I I don't know that I would have the stones to go up and ask for it, but if offered, I would not say no. Yeah, I think people expect you it you, too. But you wouldn't call ahead. We our boss here. We've talked about this before. In fact, they turned it into a whole commercial with guys named Tom Brady. Our boss here. A, a reminder that it's uh, a very funny thing here that we have a boss here at the NFL media mm -hmm. whose name is Tom Brady. Yep. And uh, he does uh, explain always, and I've been with him on a couple of occasions, where they he's like, Tom Brady is my name, and you walk into the restaurant with him, <laughs> and the and the palpable <laughs> disappointment that washes over the face of the entire restaurant. Right. <laughs> it's as though they're standing in a line, like, waiting to receive Tom Brady when he walks in. Like, wait, what, where is he? The This guy? The – Ah, <laughs> they let half the staff go early. They they were like everybody's working tonight. Yeah, you know, Tom Brady's coming in here. Franchise, you would take advantage of these little. I definitely would take advantage of that. Once you reach a certain status, that's part of the way of life. And I think other people come to expect these things. I wouldn't be offended if Matt Ryan cut me in line at a nice restaurant. Which, by the way, is always is always kind of been a, a bone of contention with me. That why is it that people who can most afford things are most of often course. handed things for free? Of that's a good point. It's the worst thing, yeah, right? <laughs> it's one of the worst wrinkles on the planet Earth, and yet. You feel bad if you're in that situation. Like, well, no, I don't want money from you, uh, right. you know, Mario Lemieux. I know. What am I, what's mine is yours, 66. Um, hey, behind the glass uh, also, how about this? We have, uh, we, we have, you know, Eddie Spaghetti, as we call him here. But his real name, Eddie Murphy. Wow. Have really? you had some of those? Uh, have you had some of those things happen to you, Eddie Murphy? I got teased in school. I stay away from using Eddie Murphy together. So if I'll just be Eddie or I'll be like Ed Murphy, a lot of like my emails are 
like in work stuff is just Ed Murphy just to avoid. I don't use Edward. Uh, my dad though, he's had some run-ins in like hotels and restaurants uh, throughout his life of people being let down. It was almost like that Michael George commercial, <laughs> the same exact thing where you, people see you and they're like, "Oh, you come out of a limo," and it's just like this white dude, this Irish dude, is not Eddie Murphy, the actor, comedian, then just like, uh, it's a big letdown. <laughs> Well, even worse, imagine if, like, I don't know, I, I've never, I'm too old now, like, I, I missed the entire window, and I kind of lamented this whole Match.com thing or, like, dating sites. Is that an issue? Would you, Did you ever think about, like, eh, maybe I'll put a cute pic or a vague picture of myself up there to to surprise the lady? Because well, ultimately I, that would be a dis- One thing that would never happen to you, Eddie Murphy, is no one is ever coming onto your flight and pulling you off. Like, well, we're not taking Eddie Murphy off. Why is he in coach? <laughs> I don't know. So I'm, I'm safe on United flights. Downhill after uh, for, uh, for Eddie Murphy after, um, I don't even know. What movies does he make where he puts on the fat suit? Oh, the uh, Nutty Professor? Yeah, after yeah. Nutty Professor 4, like, things started to go downhill. He now flies coach. But, uh, <laughs> like, that that would be a fringe benefit that I, would be pretty nice for you. I have not received any benefits from the name whatsoever. None. Besides, I guess, just chatting with you on the on the podcast. What about you? Could, but again, like uh, Tom Brady gets uh, choice reservations. Why don't you start to leverage your your powerful name? I should, but like my open table does not. I have no luck with that account, so I have to start calling more places. Get off the computer, boy! Start calling human beings. Hi, this is Eddie Murphy. You don't sound like until Eddie they Murphy. ask you to laugh. Can then, you do the laugh? No, yeah. I can't. I yeah. can't. Then you're done. Cannot do it. Have you ever tried to do an Eddie Murphy I've impression? Like, yeah, like practice in a mirror, face myself. It just does not work. Can you do it now? Get do it now. It, sh- it it may. There's a chance. There's a risk. It could be vaguely offensive. But I'm interested in hearing how it goes. <laughs> like the hoo, 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 like that. <laughs> yeah. Like Honestly, that. it's not the worst. That know. wasn't I, so bad. What's appreciate it. Can't you do a line though? Like the banana and the tailpipe. I, I, people throw so many lines at me. I I just I, I'm not. He's a little before my time, so I'm not. Embrace it. I know I should. <laughs> well, that's great. That leads me into this. But before, about uh, to our uh, best moment uh, since 1980, we also want to talk with the franchise and uh, Marcus G here about top rookie running back prospects uh, for your fantasy draft and for your real football team. First, though, what's the first thing you put on and the last thing you take off? It's underpants. If you didn't, that wasn't a trick question. That's what it is. Make your most important piece of clothing the best it can be with me undies here. I want you to hold these while I read this. Franchise, pass them over to Marcus G. I, I want soft. You to, They're I very want you, soft. I want you to confirm that it's not jive because, you know, they the rule something. in 66 is no jive, and I wouldn't jive you uh, just because it's me undies. What is it? It's seriously soft. Feel good undies delivered right to your door. Me undies designed here in L.A., made from sustainably sourced micromodal A fabric, three times softer than cotton. Me undies softer than soft. Would it be Come weird in. if I rubbed them on my face right now? You know what? I like the idea of you doing that, Marcus G. That's going the extra mile. <laughs> They, uh, they're ever-changing selection of colors, shades, adventurous patterns, so you can tailor them to your personal style. Guess these what? Have, these have pandas on them. That's Pandas cool. all over. Let's get Eddie Murphy some with a picture of the other Eddie Murphy on them. That would be nice. <laughs> Got a nice stretch to them. You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And if you're not ready for the subscription, you can still save MeUndies, offering you 20% off your first pair. Use the special URL, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017, and get 20% off your first pair go ahead revamp your underpants drawer you deserve it once again meundies.com slash nfl 2017 meundies.com slash nfl 2017 there you have it 
Okay, I do want to I do want to talk about the greatest moments in sports since 1980. I want to talk about rookie running backs. I want you guys to weigh in on the the League of Leagues draft. Before that, though, Russell Westbrook. We talk about uh, all games here, and uh, isn't it weird? I talk often in the 21st century about the sad uh, emergence of vapid cynicism. People no longer, everybody's an expert on everything. I don't know if it's because you can see, you can consume the news in bite-sized fashion. I don't know if everything is segmented now from TV shows. They all get boiled down to a couple of minutes. So this fast uh, way to consume things, our ability to, the, the, the news cycle goes so fast and everything else. It seems like it's made everybody feel like they're an expert on everything. And therefore, they are able to be vapid cynics about things. I blame to some degree these people who portray opinions that they don't really believe but share them in uh, in big places. I'm talking about Stephen A. Smith, uh, Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherd. I don't think anybody at this point, um, outside of the same people who believe WWE is real wrestling at this point, believe that those guys believe what they're saying. You know, it's phony kind of like, I'm going to be, I'm going to play uh, devil's advocate here and throw this out and defend this position tooth and nail. But this one, the one that gets uh, under my skin this week, Russell Westbrook isn't the MVP. For how long have we talked about? No one's ever going to average a triple-double again in the NBA. Well, Russell Westbrook just did, and it's met with, meh, look at how the rest of the team plays. They let him get those rebounds too often in the fourth quarter franchise, (laughs) I'll say you. Look, I'm not a big NBA guy, but when a dude does something historic like that, you got to recognize it. Right. Yeah. I don't don't understand. Why, why, Why does everyone have to hate? Everyone wants you to just, be just give him the praise he deserves. Right. It's it, I say I always say vapid cynic, the close cousin, rapid cynic. Oh, you average in a triple double for a save. Nah, not that great. Nah, I don't think it's <laughs> not, not I'm not impressed. I don't know why he yeah, he had better other teams that were better than him. Like, do you want to look back in twenty five years? This is the side of history you want to be on right. and say, Yeah, I didn't think uh I didn't think the guy who averaged the triple double deserved the MVP. Laughable, I think. Uh Look, I think what he did was amazing. We're talking MVP. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs, and this isn't this isn't a a hate on Russell Westbrook because I think it is phenomenal, and I'm I've been excited to watch. I've been excited to watch a guy who can for 82 games play with the um, the amount of fire in his belly and in his eye that Russell Westbrook has. But uh, yeah, I mean they didn't they didn't make the playoffs, so it's kind of hard to judge his value. Uh, correspondingly, but I don't know. We should have we should have an award for most outstanding season, or you know, like, like the Final Four. They have most outstanding player, something like that, because he would totally win that this year. Who? What? 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 Now this leads me to the conversation. What in the NFL? The so-called because no one's Oscar Robertson. No one's ever going to do that again. Well, somebody did it. What in the NFL is the thing that so no one's ever going to do that again? And somebody's going to do it. Marcus G. I start with you. Um. Wow. I How about know. will somebody run for 2,000 uh, yards was the, in 14 first, games? In 14 games, no. No, no, no one no. ever will. I don't think they will, simply because the, the game has shifted so much more toward quarterbacks and receivers now, and teams treat running backs as though they are not disposable, but certainly interchangeable. The You would have to have a phenomenal run, a phenomenal stretch, and you would have to get a requisite number of carries to do that, and I just don't think NFL offenses lend themselves toward that. I could kind of see. Zeke Elliott, uh, you know, now they've, they've a couple of pieces, though, gone from that uh, O-line. But I could see them 
feeding him under the premise that we've discussed here on the show that these running backs these days are going to get run into the ground, that the, that the, expel, the life expectancy of NFL running backs is no longer 12 or 15 years. The GMs don't think that way. They think Bert, run this guy into the ground. It's cruel and awful, but that's what they're going to do. Five, six years. That's your window as an NFL runner. With that as your model, I could see Zeke getting – 325 carries and taking a shot at it. If they're overusing them like that, yeah, for sure. But I think along the lines of uh, what Marcus said, we're seeing guys like Lev Bell and David Johnson be a lot more involved in the passing game. Uh, so that 2,000-yard mark, you know, that was – I don't know. I don't know if that's ever going to happen in 14 games. It's, that's a lot. <laughs> Will anyone – I mean, somebody's going to go undefeated, right? You mean pray uh, for someday, basically 19-0, full season, win the Super Bowl. Are the, Patriots, are the Patriots positioned to take a shot at that? I think this so. Year? If you're Tom yeah. Brady, if you're Belichick, on down. If you're Robert Kraft, on down. Isn't that the goal this year? Is that is that crazy to think? I'm sure they would uh, demure and say, no, it's another season. It's a new a new group of uh, players here, and uh, you know we we'd like to win another Lombardi. I mean, if you are, you've done it if all. You are saying if you are that group, what is there left to chase? I mean, obviously they want to win another Super Bowl, but yeah, at some point you want to challenge yourself. I mean, I go I go back last year to the Golden State Warriors, even though they didn't win the championship, they made no bones about the fact they wanted 73 wins. I mean, they didn't they didn't hide that at all. I mean, I I think they would probably you know trade one more win at the end of the season for one in the regular season. But uh, if you are Tom Brady, why not? Why not just say, yeah, we want to go 19-0. We want to finish this thing off. wonder if you ask Tom Brady, I'm sure he has been asked this question, what is your most painful loss? wonder if it is the second loss to the Giants, the Wes Welker drop and all that, or is it the undefeated season? I suspect you would go back and say, you're ne- no matter how many titles we win, I doubt we'll ever be back in a position to go 19-0 again. I think that's got to be the most bitter pill of his career. So, given that, yeah, I could see setting out in August. Hey, guys, let's do. Let's not just win this year. Let's do something special. I mean, they've let's run the table. They've made moves in free agency. They're they're improving their roster. They want to ring, and they're going to be even better. Like, t- t- pump the brakes a little bit, Patriots. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. cool what you're doing. All right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the franchise's top rookie running back prospects. As we head ever closer to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, for the big draft and beyond, there's a lot of buzz. Not as I like. I I do think the QBs are going to sneak up into the top ten. At least uh, one or two of them will sneak up there because that's the way these things tend to go. But it's the running back that is uh, that is seems like uh, a, just a deep, deep pool for the first time in I don't know five or ten years. About as deep a, ga- a deep a gaggle of running backs. Lead the way here, franchise. Who do you like? All right, my I got my number one guy is Joe Mixon, and I know there's a lot going on in the press about him. Like what? Uh, you oh, know, oh, the, oh, right. Domestic yes. violence yeah, and right. these kinds I of things. There's that. there's video evidence of this happening. I'm sure you guys have heard of it, but yeah, not good. He wasn't at the combine, uh, but he demolished his pro day. He ran a four four three forty thirty five inch vertical. He's weighs two twenty eight, so he has a size advantage on Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's been compared to Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he can catch the ball. He's a complete package. Faster than Le'Veon Bell. Faster than Lev Bell. Great vision. Uh, but, you know, he's off some teams' boards because of the uh, the off-field issues he has. So he's kind of a polarizing prospect we've, this year. But we've we've, done, we've t- taken on the morality of drafting yeah. Joe Mixon. I would say right about half of the people with whom we work and beyond say if my team takes him, I'm no longer a fan of that team. On the yeah. other side of these things, 
Maurice Jones-Drew, who is from the same basic area, as Joe Mixon defends him and say, by saying, listen, if you're playing pro football, and we say it all the time, if you run 40 yards at full speed with the intent of running into another large human being, then you're not exactly right in the brain, or you're different at least. You have different tendencies than most human beings do. That's what you need on a football field. I don't know if you need a felon on the field. I'm I'm conflicted about it. Legitimately. I, 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 I completely get the mentality. I really do get that those are different cats. You know, those I, I, I would not. Charles Barkley says uh, all the time that the worst day of his life was the day he went out and tried out for football. He's like, man, that they hit hard. They hit real out there. <laughs> it's true. They're warriors. Ike They're Taylor trained. They're trained to Ike be. says all the time, it's live out there. It's not a joke out there. <laughs> like, you better you better be looking around at all times because yeah. guys are are, uh, are coming for you out there. Anyway, so Joe Mixon yeah, so, and I've struggled, as a prospect. I've struggled with the morality thing myself, but if we're just talking about pure talent, I think Joe Mixon is top of this class. How hard uh, – Marcus, do you suppose it gets, you know, the, this sliding scale of morality for the GMs and decision makers? First round, it's it now feels like people are now starting to get into this uh, keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing where it was like, well, he's going to be a third or fourth round guy. And that, then it was like, well, now teams are willing to – well, I'm hearing teams are going to take him in the second round. Now it's – now that that conversation has gotten – now teams are saying at the back of the first round. Well, maybe we better get him now because somebody's going to take him anyway and we don't want to to lose out on him. It's when you get to a point franchise in the draft, even if you have one guy ahead of him, if like Samaj P Ryan, what if yes. you take what what if P Ryan is somebody takes him, the rest of the league will, will say, "Well, that was a mistake. You yeah, could right. have taken Mixon, right?" right. Cuz there's a more talented player still on the board that you just skipped over. Look, for all the talk about morality and if you were a, if you were a, in a front office, if you're a general manager and you so you don't pick Joe Mixon and you put out a bad team and you lose and you get fired, nobody's going to remember your moral stance in a couple of years. Yeah. And right or wrong, every general manager knows this. And you do have to think about that because at some point do you kind of appease the the general public and what they want from a morality standpoint? Or do you appease your fan base who's bu- who's basically buying tickets and save your own job in the process? Because at the end of the day, everybody's looking out for number one. If you're an NFL general manager – um, maybe your morality isn't quite as strong as your desire to stay employed. I don't know. I feel like we all uh, we all equivocate. Here's the we re- all equivocate. I agree, and I also think that you know, as a as a fan, let's talk about it from the fans' perspective. You're a little looser with your morality when it comes to your, team, your team versus anybody else's. Mm-hmm. If I I hate the you know the. I'm all for, you know, I tend to, I'm probably a little more liberal about this, you know, uh, you know, the second chance, even third chance. Mixon isn't a one, uh, one incident guy though. But, you know, like if Tyree kill, if the chiefs win a Super Bowl, that's the, the bad thing about it is, and I hate to bring up a guy who hasn't done anything wrong, you know, but had, uh, had the same sort of red flags. If the Chiefs win, it doesn't mean like, well, see, it all worked out. It's a happy ending. Like, well, not if Tyreek Hill gets in trouble the week after the Super Bowl. It's not. It brings the resurfaces the whole thing, and it looms over your franchise a little bit. I think you could extend it even to, I think, right now. There are people in, in April 2017 who feel like the Ravens, right or wrong, have a stink on them just because of the Ray Rice scandal, which he ultimately – well, no, actually, wait, I forget what the legal – 
uh, well, sentence was. I, I think, but anyway, but the point is people still associate a stink with the Ravens because of Ray Lewis from 15 years. Right, but, it, you know, and I think what we failed to pay attention to is that it's not a binary argument. It's not, you know, if you have Tyreek Hill and you don't win a Super Bowl, it's because Tyreek Hill is bad and therefore you're being punished. By the same token, if you have Tyreek Hill and you do win a Super Bowl, it doesn't mean that suddenly everything he's done is scrubbed away and is great. And I think we have to kind of navigate those shades of gray in the fact that you can cheer for a team, you can even cheer for a player while still recognizing that what that person has done has been bad. You know what? I, I It occurs to me we will dig in on this with uh, Malcolm Jenkins, our pal, um, who's uh, visiting us in Studio 66 this week. We'll have that for you. I suspect he'll have some good thoughts on this. Okay, so Joe Mixon, your most talented runner. It's interesting because right out of the gate, if you start assessing who is the best in the class, you don't know where he's going to land, what right. round he's going to land. So proceed beyond Mixon. All right, my number two guy is Dalvin Cook. Uh, and a lot of people Ooh. would think Leonard Fournette here. Uh, but I like Dalvin Cook just because he's he's same with Joe Mixon. He's a complete package. He can run. He can catch. He can get outside. He can run inside. He had 19 touchdowns two years in a row. Uh, smooth route, smooth route running. His feet are electric, and uh, he's uh, he's projected in the first round. And I would just, in terms of fantasy at least, I would rather have him than Leonard Fournette on my fantasy. If you um, are a fantasy player, presumably you get you get to wait and see where he lands. But are there guys that you say? If given David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott are your top three guys mm-hmm. in in uh, in fantasy this year, can you can you declare here and now? I don't care where where this guy goes. I'm definitely gonna take one of these names that you're floating today. I don't think so in the first round. No, I don't think so. I think there's other guys, veterans who who are in better situations. Leonard for Fournette it. goes to the Carolina Panthers. You're not gonna jump on him in the first round. Not in the first round. I, no. I think he comes out. I, I would be surprised if he's on the board past, say, round three or four. Yeah. Um, but not early couple rounds. I think, I think the, the only rookie we've had recently that's a first, that was a bona fide first round guy was Zeke, Zeke because it was like you were taking the best prospect in the draft, best prospect in the last couple of drafts, and putting him behind the best offensive line in the NFL. I don't know, yeah, man. It was a perfect. Fournette storm. goes to the right place. I think you're gonna struggle to not take him but in I, a, even a ten team. I mean, I'm with franchise league. though, where I have Dalvin Cook ahead of Leonard Fournette simply because he can catch the football. And look, I'm not sold that Leonard Fournette can't catch the football. They right. just didn't ask him to do a lot of that at LSU. So right. we're still kind of waiting to see because he's done very little in terms of testing. He did very little at the Combine, didn't do much at Pro Day. So we only know what we've seen on tape, which can go a long way, but there are still questions to be answered with him. Think about uh, going into th- – uh, think if you were – it were August uh, 25th, 2016 – was there anyone talking about anybody other than Leonard no. Fournette? People like Dalvin Cook, but nobody was saying, oh, he'll go ahead ultimately of Fournette. Now Fournette is three on your on well, your list here. Or, or is he? He, he, he is. He oh, okay. He is three. He <laughs> is three. He is three. I made an assumption. I mean, he's massive. He weighed 240 at the Combine. Since then, he dropped about 12 pounds. He, uh, there was a report last week that he weighed 228. Uh, which should help his explosiveness, which he didn't test well at the Combine. But, I mean, the guy's a bulldozer. He's massive. Uh, he had some injuries last year, which limited his production. But if you go back and look at his 2015 tape, like, outstanding. So he's my number three guy. Like you're saying, if he lands in the right spot, he could be maybe like maybe a top ten fantasy running back. But if we're talking about first round, I still, like we just said, I don't think he's one of those guys this this season. All right. Uh, you know, uh, Philly would be a fun place for him too. 
They need a bigger back. I could see that uh, working out for, for them there. Any uh, deep sleepers you wish to uh, to float? Deep sleepers. I like uh, Jamal Williams out of BYU. I thought I you were going to say James Conner out of <laughs> No, no. I got, I got a couple pages of the guy here, but yeah. I, by the way, uh, I, I love that the franchise here, Pull Back the Curtain, has a color-coded notebook with uh, all of his all of his research notes and stuff. Yeah, man. It's my, my, my uh, running back scouting notebook here. I'm no professional scout, but I can watch some tape and write down what I see. Well, <laughs> listen, I tweeted it out on Tuesday morning. Again, I'm going to talk about this more as the draft approaches, but are we sure that scouts are to be trusted anyway? No. Are we are we with their their opinions? Their condescension is what is what uh is what disguises you. They they spicer you. That's what they do. They <laughs> they shame you. Bucky Brooks came in here last week and he and he attempted to spicer me. I said what? no sales, sir. <laughs> wow. Cuz they distract you with their fancy talk. Yeah, they, yeah. they 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 use What's their the... fancy words and then now blah, blah blah blah. You don't understand what goes into this. Well, of course. Like well, they, well I, whatever's going into it isn't yielding anything close to um a great batting average. I mean, you know, like the you here. Twenty first century quarterbacks are, include Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think anybody would say he belongs in the top ten picks of right. that year's draft. Right? Instead, he's a third rounder. Dak Prescott. Everybody misses on him. Kurt Warner doesn't get drafted. Tony Romo doesn't get drafted. Tom Brady is a sixth round pick. If you haven't heard. What scouts? <laughs> Meantime, he's told us, "Oh yeah, Christian Ponder." I mean, oh yeah, he's he, what was he? The eighth overall pick. Uh, ninth, I believe. Ninth. To be fair, quarterback is one of those weird positions that it's really hard to evaluate. All right, there are a lot of things that are hard. Yeah, you know, I, I know, I know. But there are like, a lot of I, things that are I, difficult. I just stay. You know away. what else is diff- difficult? Ocular surgery. What if they? What if ocular surgeons uh, had the same batting average as scouts? Well, it's very, it's business. imprecise. Well, better be. How about, how about uh, pre, uh, get some pre, uh, precision going here, NFL scouts? No more pass. You know what they're like? They're like, um, I, I was, oh, I, uh, you know what NFL scouts are? What? They are like those things that um, you, you have one. Everybody has it in their sink now. When you for cleaning dishes, those scrubby brushes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But supposedly, allegedly, if you push the little button, it produces the soap the, comes out. The soap comes out. But after you use it twice, it doesn't work anymore. And that's true for everyone on the face of the earth. No one's worked <laughs> more than like, if you're lucky, it works for it works for maybe a month, maybe. And yet they never update that technology. They never do. Anybody just well, that's what it is. NFL scout, same thing. Like. Yeah, they're the well. Theoretically, they're gonna squirt some uh, some dishwasher soap <laughs> under under my plate, but it doesn't work. Oh, what am, what are we gonna do? You know? Oh well. I have a proposal for you, Sheck. This is a billion dollar industry. This, this let's get it right already. This could be. Am maybe, I right, franchise? You're right. You're right. Thank you. I was gonna say, Jessica, though, maybe this could be a post draft, you know, DDFP special. Yes. Because I've always wanted to see scouts and analysts. Three to five years after a draft, come back and talk about what happened, what went wrong, the guys that got right, the guys they didn't get right. And, you know, like, basically I want it to be the, you know, what had happened was episode of the DDA. I love it. But you know what? Bucky Brooks sat here and gave me the jazz about, well, Tom Brady, you know, he was a passenger in those first uh, few championships that they won. That defense was really good. I said, don't, don't you spicer me. That's how, Tom Brady isn't the best of all time? What does that mean? What, alternative what, 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 fact. Yeah, right. What, yeah. What's, what? I don't understand. I don't even understand what argument you're – stop shaking the keys uh, and thinking you're going to distract me. <laughs> yeah, Brooks. No sale. 
All right, do you, any other names you want to float here? Uh, I like Jamal Williams Williams as a sleeper. One guy who, and I know, Marcus, we've talked about this, who's just drawing a lot of hype. Like, Don't, as don't say this name out loud because I want people. I want to be able to draft him. But, but Okay, continue. Alvin Kamara. Oh, no, not that guy. One guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, people are talking about him as like a top five talent, and I just don't see it. He's more of like a shifty pass-catching guy. Only had like 105 carries each of the last two seasons with like 40 catches each season. But I don't understand – how he would go in like the first two rounds as as like a number one back in a committee on any NFL team. I don't think he has the size or the workhorse skill set. Is it true that McCaffrey is definitely a first rounder? Do you think he also may be the first running back off the board? That seems crazy. I don't think McCaffrey. he's the first running back off the board. I do think he's a first rounder. Yes. I think he's that good. I think the the one drawback to him is that he is not He's not a short short yardage goal line back. He he kind of struggles between the tackles. He's willing to run between the tackles. He'll do it. He's not necessarily great at it. The comp that I've heard uh, that we were talking about is uh, that he's got some Reggie Bush to his game, which is not he does that. he does he's very slippery. And I believe they were the same number, right? But but McCaffrey Matt Money uh, Smith says far more rugged yeah. as a guy who watched Reggie Bush and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, close, more rugged than he's, he's more rugged far than more rugged. rugged yes, yes, I'd agree with that. You know what, Christian McCaffrey to me. Circle his name because he is exact the same people who would say, yeah, Russell Westbrook, triple-double, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm voting somewhere else. If you're if Christian McCaffrey's there and you're picking around 20 or 25, what need do you have that's, that, that supersedes Christian McCaffrey for how dangerous a player that guy could be for you? You know, the, the, there are certain ex- – that people get a little too cute with trying to fulfill a need. If you're a player away. And you and there's a top tier corner out there. I think uh, you're a Steelers fan franchise. If there's a, well, I can't believe they shut down uh, potential shutdown corners still on the board. Got to take him there. Short of that, though, I just feel like you got to take McCaffrey because, as um, to name drop, as Adam Carolla always says, mm-hmm. what do what the Patriots do best is they do what the other team doesn't want them to do at any given time. Like if it's a, it's fourth and inches, like. I hope they I ho- I please punt here. That's when Belichick always goes for it. You know, he always seems to tap into what you don't want them to do. That's the way you should think. What what do the other 31 teams not want? What's the one guy that the other 31 teams are going to go like, "Ah, I can't believe they took that guy there." Oh, well, oh we should have taken him when we had the chance kind of guy. They also they also excel at what I call the, you know, the Bobby Knight Michael Jordan theory where, you know, the Trailblazers always said, "Well, we didn't draft Jordan because we needed a center and Bobby Knight's response is, well, you draft Jordan and you play him at center. I mean, Bill Belichick has been so great right. at taking a guy and figuring out how to use Like, yeah, hey, maybe, maybe we don't necessarily need him. We'll make it work. We'll figure it out. You know what works? The Surprise Game Show! Oh, yeah, boy. people love it. <laughs> All right, contestants, you're ready for today's game show. Spaghetti's on the mic. Why not MVP? We'll switch. You have a problem with it? No, I like you, Spaghetti, just fine. But do it as Eddie Murphy, the other Eddie Murphy. Well, then I have to pass it over to Emma then. I can't do that. <laughs> got to do the whole thing in your Eddie Murphy voice. No, we did this last week. And Cynthia Freeland. Oh, advanced analytics. She's so smart. Oh, Matt Money Smith. I'm a renaissance man. I can talk about any subject. Damashek smoked them both. I oh. humiliated them. I, <laughs> nice. I humiliated them both. Go back and listen to that one. Dominance. All right, Shaq, let's see how good you are this week. So today's question, right. name every quarterback that started at least one regular season game in 2016-2017. This is going to take uh, this is going to take the next 4 hours. There's 50 there's 54. Wow. 
Okay. But there's 54 guys. There's w- there's one in mind that me and Emma know is the hardest one by far. And if you that's get quite a, a thing, that's quite a 54. So obviously even dumb Dave can do the math on that. 20, <laughs> 22 teams started at, well, I guess that's not definitely true, but roughly 22 teams started more than one quarterback is the math on that. Although some teams probably started three. I was told there'd be no math here. Yeah, you're right. The Browns that's, started seven. Marcus G, <laughs> come up with a name. Oh, so I'm starting this off? Okay, yes. uh, Russell Wilson. Very well. Very well done there. All right, franchise. Tom Brady. Goff. Carson Palmer. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Case Keenum. Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, uh... Uh-oh. Joe Flacco. Oh, that would have been great if he went <laughs> I'm out trying to keep way. up. I'm trying to write the names down that are said so I don't repeat any. That what, Did you ding him? Yeah, you guys are just very loud. Oh, sorry. Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert. Cam Newton. I'm trying to think of the Niners. That's the only guy, the only two they would have gone with there. Ooh, I want to say I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay within uh, – what is this? Don't give me. What is this? An elimination chamber? Just putting the pressure. Oh, on. This, this, is, oh, this makes this makes <laughs> it a like lot my harder. Jeopardy, uh, my Je- Aaron Rodgers. Dak Prescott. Jacoby Brissett. See, I was holding on to that one. <laughs> Cuddy. Carson Wentz. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Matt Barkley. Tyrod Taylor. Trevor Simeon. Matt Stafford. Brock Osweiler. Sam Bradford. (sighs) Who did the Bills start? They started somebody at the end of the season. I'm trying to think of who it was that they started. I'm going to skip that one and go with Landry Jones. Oh, gross. The name you were looking for is E.J. Manuel. Was it E.J. Manuel? I couldn't remember that they started uh, E.J. Uh-uh. <laughs> why not Cardell? Why not give Cardell <laughs> that was That was the big question. Why not Cardell? Anyone say Matt Ryan yet? Oh, dang it. And it, will you get the buzzer if you repeat a name? That should be part of the, the, the assessment. Oh, I assume that. Of was. your knowledge. If you can't pay attention enough. Then uh, you I, wouldn't I, know that somebody hasn't yet said Cody Kessler. We will buzz. Oh, Cody Kessler. Mm. Oh, that was very well done, Spaghetti. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Jameis Winston. Matt Moore started a playoff game. Ooh. Yeah, do playoffs count? I needed to ask that. I was no, but he did. No, he started regular season as well. But this, do but do playoffs count in this quiz? This quiz is regular season. Okay, start. Okay, good um, to know. Blake Bortles. Uh, Tom Savage. I just thought of one. Did somebody say Dak Prescott? Yes. Ah! So wait, I'm out. I said did somebody. I'm not, to be fair, I said did somebody say? <laughs> it was a question. I think I. I think I'm going to let myself off the hook on that one. All right, we'll give you a pass. Wow. We'll give you a pass. Rude. Rude. Nothing. You're rude. Did see? Now I haven't been paying attention, and now I'm in some legitimate trouble. How about uh, Bryce Petty? 
Ooh, I haven't been paying attention, and now I'm in trouble. This is going to be my undoing. I. Oh, Kirk Cousins. I thought somebody had said him. No. That's, why I, that's why I avoided him. I had a name in my head, and then I just I lost it. Uh, uh, mm. uh, oh, Derek Damn. Carr. Nobody said Derek Carr yet. Matt McGloin. That's the name I had, and I lost oh, it. Nothing and worse. It came back to me. Nothing worse than um, people take your answer like that. Oh, man. Alex Smith. Uh, mm. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, in trouble here because did I tr did uh did Boykin start a game for the Seahawks when Wilson got hurt? I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Spaghetti. Uh, that's your guess, uh, right? That's your guess. That was a little too cute. Was like, did he or was you did the same good? thing with no, that mascot and they gave same. it to you? That is not they at all the same you. thing. Shame on you. You, you know repeated that. a name. At least it wasn't a repeated I name. I said, did this name come up? I didn't say, huh? Did Ben Roethlisberger ever start a game in like, the 2016 season? For sure, home field advantage for Shaq. I feel like I win this thing by default now, right? Nobody said Carson Wentz yet. Yeah, yeah, he was I, said pretty totally early said, on. I totally said Carson Wentz. So is this like the spelling bee where I have to get one more to just make it official? If Franchise and I both go out on that one, then Mar then Marcus wins. But go ahead. Take your victory lap and say one more. The Baron of the Bolo tie, Philip Rivers. Oh, oh God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're idiots. Did anybody say Andy Luck? We're idiots. No one said Andy Luck. Wow. No one said Luck. What about uh, the other guy on Denver? What a horrible Not Simeon. Job. Do you want the I rest? Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch could, could not is, think of his what name. What was the one name you said we might not get? Scott Tolzine. Ooh. He started when Luck was hurt, right? Yeah. yeah. I would not You've have got Eli that. Manning, uh, Marcus Mariota, Josh McCown. We have a lot of Drew starters. Stanton, <laughs> Robert Griffin. RG, RG3. Oh. Hill. <laughs> we should have just started Matt with Castle. Brown's quarterback. Nobody deserves nobody deserves that victory, but Marcus G gets it. No, That's that was a nice job. When they he start the music, it's different. It's a different vibe when the, that scary music starts. Going forward, <laughs> if part of the standard is that you also have to hear what the other people say and not repeat their answer, that makes it way harder. Yeah. That makes it way I, harder. I sort of assumed that was and no the more criteria. <laughs> That's why I was trying to write, and then I'd have a name in my head, and I'd write the name that was said, and I'd forget. Somebody said Drew Brees, though? Nobody know. said Nobody Breezy? Said we, we, I don't know we, Breeze either. We left a lot of uh, Dalton big-name quarterbacks out. Yeah. I was trying to go by division. and you know. I, <laughs> I did go by division, and I, that's why I got tripped up when I went into the Cody Kessler. Nobody said RG3 either, did yeah. they? No. Mm -mm. I had ah. When I said another. Boykin, he was the one that I had in, entered my mind for a second and then left. A lot of meat left on that bone. All right, yeah. moving forward now sad. by looking back. I, As I said at the top of the show – 1986, you guys are probably a little bit too young franchise. Marcus G, certainly Emma VP, and Spaghetti Behind the Glass too young to recall Jack Nicholas at, uh, at an advanced age making an improbable charge. I remember watching the game, watching the uh, match with uh, well, match, the, the, round. the round with uh, with my old man. And in fact, I was in one room, and I remember I went to another room to watch it with my old man because I, I knew – we were on the cusp of some some splendid sort of history and um, something uh, something to be remembered, and it, and it still feels that way. And so we threw it out to the Czech Republic. They've weighed in as well. Spaghetti or MVP chime in with uh, some of the best of there. 
the best sports moment since 1980. Of course, Sergio Garcia gets over the hump in a dramatic victory on Sunday. If you want to throw that one out there, feel free to do so. I start with you, though, Marcus G. The first one that comes to mind for me is the Cubs winning the World Series last year. Um, you know, be- because of the fact that you had the Cubs versus the Indians, both with extended World Series droughts, the fact that it went not only to seven games, but had to go extra innings in the final, in the seventh and final game uh, for the Cubs to finally get the goat off their back and uh, and win a World Series. I feel like that, that's got to be up there. Rallying from 3-1 down in mm-hmm. the series was remarkable. Great stuff by the Tribe when you thought, wow, the Cubs are really going to do it. Then the Tribe. Then in extras. With the home run, yeah. It, then you have to keep on playing. That's meant to the rain delay that stopped everything for a while. Um, yeah. Chris Bryant smiling as he scoops up the ball and uh, and throws it into history. And oh, just, I'm getting chills. I'm not even a Cubs fan. I'm was that the chills. best World Series of our lives? Do you guys remember the 91 series between the, yes, the re- Twinks and the Braves? I remember that with the Jack Morris 10-inning game. That I mean, we'll talk about forgotten um, deeds in sports history or in our lives. Jack Morris in Game 7 of the World Series in a classic World Series too that I didn't watch the first half of because the Braves <laughs> had upset me by beating the Pirates and Sit I didn't brain. like that so I wasn't going to watch it. Yeah. No, that was 91. So this is a, that's before Sid Breen. Okay. But I do think that if I, I'm, I'm going to rank these out when we're done, and then I'll issue it, I suppose, in a list, or maybe I'll read it off uh, later in the week, you know, one through ten or ten down to one. But I think the Francisco Cabrera hit, I think that probably objectively, I'm removing my sports allegiance, as should you. Don't say, um, I don't even know what you would say, uh, 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 Antoine Randall L throwing the ball to Heinz Ward if you're a Steelers fan. was a fun moment if you're, but people, it doesn't resonate. Uh, these all these years later as much. Um, but I think Francisco Cabrera's hit in the NLCS to win it in game uh, in game seven. I think that probably makes the list in our lives. True? Mm, I don't remember. <laughs> Jerk. That was a big one, though. That was definitely a big one. Uh, Franchise, what do you have? I was thinking uh, the first time I think the Red Sox beat the Yankees in the ALCS to get to the World Series, and then they I forget who they beat, but the first time they won it there to break the curse. That was, uh, it was pretty. The, uh, Cardinals, I think they beat. They beat the Cardinals, but in that year of uh, of Ot four, I would say the seminal moment. If you're looking at a moment, um, I would go with, uh, or you know, so, you know, a game. I would say it would be the Kurt Schilling bloody sock game. Yeah, well, that might be top ten too. Spaghetti, you're a Yankees fan. Does that stand out for you? It does, unfortunately, and a yeah. lot. Just Czech Republic loved that game. That was a big one on your Twitter account. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Okay. Huh. All right. Um, I'll throw out uh, <laughs> the Dave, the Dave, uh, Dave Roberts stolen base. Uh, let's go with uh, right series going from uh, from the NFL. I think this this kind of uh, you know more or less ends a dynasty in the Dallas Cowboys and transitions uh, transitions us into another dynasty. 1981, the stick, Dwight Clark from Joe Montana. Let's hear it.
way high in the air, says uh, says Jack Buck. Other piece of trivia, you know who called the, the TV version of that play? I do know the answer to this. Vin Scully. Vin Scully. With, jo- with uh, John Madden alongside, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Yeah, in fact, uh, Joe Buck told us that. I yeah. uh, dropped my I believe, I believe that was the last football game Scully ever called, said it was one of the best he ever saw. Now, franchise, yep. you're a Steelers fan. I'm a Steelers fan. I think that this one deserves recognition. People call it uh, the best Super Bowl of all time. I don't know if I agree with that, but yeah. I do think this is the greatest play in Super Bowl history. Roethlisberger has time, throws to the back of the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown by Hall. Now, I think that now, – now, compare that with, if you will, the David Tyree catch. Let's hear that one. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Inside the 25 and a timeout taken. Joe Buck uh, explained on this show when he visited us a couple of months ago in a, a spellbinding visit overall with uh, Ike and Maurice alongside. Uh, I encourage you to dig that one up. Joe explained that he's gotten a lot of heat for that call, the lack of uh, excitement given the circumstances. He explained he couldn't see if he caught the ball. He didn't know if he had it or not. Yeah, so he, if he, if he got to say something. If he goes wild with right. excitement and, and they're incomplete. like, oh, oh it, it hit the ground. Never mind. Right. Never mind. I understand uh, that. That makes sense to me. But – I think, as we talk about, that's the once-in-a-lifetime shot that even Tom Brady and company probably are ever going to have in an undefeated season. The Giants beating the Gi- the Patriots to to uh, prevent them from going undefeated. Where does that rank since that's 1980? That's pretty high up there. I don't know, like, because that catch, that was like at midfield, right? Well, he can't, but it, as uh, Buck says, he's inside the 25 by the time he comes it down. It was about midfield when their elements, let it go. So people oh, forget Eli about that. threw it from midfield. Yeah. And, and they put them in a field goal range. Almost thing, got sacked. Right. He's, he's scrambling around. Right. right. Yeah, he's not exactly Mike Vick scrambling around <laughs> right. back there. I don't know how he stayed on his feet. And there's some holding. Curmudgeons will say, well, there, were, there was holding on the play and all that. But the thing that also people forget is – that wasn't like a fifty. You kind of in your brain, you're like, oh, was so what? Like fifteen, twenty yards over the middle? Like, yeah. No, no. He 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 heaves the ball. That's a that flips the field and uh, changes history. There, I think it was incredible. I think as I'm going through it, I'll I'll, I'll throw Kirk Gibson's home run in Game One against uh, against the Eck, the dominance of Dennis Eckersley, yeah. the dominance of those A's, the. Um, the Dodgers felt like, why, how, why, why did they even get to this game? You know, Kirk Gibson's their best player. Won the MVP with, I think, 26 and 76 or something like 24 home runs and 76 RBIs. He was a great leader and all that kind of stuff. But still, MVP was 76 RBIs. Anywho, he, he limps to the plate. All that majesty, all that, you know, the like something out of a movie or something like that. Roy Hobbs. I feel like that's top four or five at worst. You know, since the internet is all about oral histories and finding, you know, just kind of secondary and tertiary stories to tell, I would like an oral history of the people whose taillights you see driving out of Dodger Stadium That's as great. that ball is leaving the field. Yeah, yeah. that is great. Yeah, you right? can see <laughs> Yeah, one after the other, driving up uh, past the, the, the 76 leaving. station right there. People are leaving. Traffic. 
it was a one-run game. It wasn't like the A's were blowing them out in that game. I mean, it was it was a close game in the ninth inning of game one. Where are you going? Who are these people? Yeah. Why are you game leaving? Well, Why did you bother to go? Yeah. Why did you even do it? Why but it's, go? A, it's only game one. I'm mean, <laughs> not going to see anyone win that night. Why did you even bother putting your shoes on, you know, to, to, to leave the house? Right. If this is going to be your attitude in a, in a relatively close postseason game. Well, I mean, on one hand, we might have a shot at seeing history. On the other hand, uh, we'll get home 15 minutes before uh, the rest of the jerks in the stadium. That's what right. kind of what kind of attitude <laughs> is that? I don't care for that. One more <laughs> NFL play that uh, really changes history again. Remember now, the Seattle Seahawks are on the cusp of deposing the Patriots. Again, vanquishing the alleged Patriots dynasty. Remember, Deflategate, Brady has rallied these Patriots against the air's best defense from down 10 points in the fourth quarter to give his Patriots the lead. But then Jermaine Curse makes another insane catch following in the steps of Mario Manningham and David Tyree. And now it looks like the Seahawks are going to vanquish the Patriots and make themselves back-to-back champions and become a dynasty in the making for the 21st century. Then this happens. Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Malcolm Butler, who almost made the phenomenal play that wound up in Percy's arms. There are flags on the field for a celebration. Amazing. So I actually have two that are in obliquely tied in to that game right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, you talk about you know the game that you may have changed the dynasty or the course of history for the Patriots, the tuck rule. Because at the time, mm. the Raiders were still, you know, they were kind of top dog in the AFC. It looked like they were really going to build something. The Patriots, you know, they had this this kid, Tom Brady, who hadn't you know accomplished much in the NFL. And it looked for all the world like Charles Woodson had gotten the, the sack fumble. It looked like the Raiders were going to go on to the Super Bowl. And, of course, the tuck rule ends up changing that course of history. It really launches the Patriots' dynasty. The Raiders are off in the football wilderness for more than a decade after that. Uh, so that was a big play. The other one, you talk about the, the Seahawks on the verge of back-to-back championships. Pete Carroll almost had back-to-back cha- – or almost had a three-peat in college football were it not for Vince Young at the University of Texas in what was an absolute classic – as a USC fan, I was at that game. I had nightmares for a week. But just objectively as a football game, that Vince Young v. Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush game was one of the best college football games I've ever seen. I agree but that it was a great game. But the better game that season was uh, SC at Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. That's the best. That That's up there for me as one of the great the college football games. Fourth and 26, I believe it was. Leiner hits Dwayne Jarrett for a first down. and. The, uh, yeah, up the left sideline there, the bush push, all that. Every touchdown in that game just about is spectacular. There's punt returns for touchdowns. Reggie Bush vaults a guy about 10 yards into the Notre Dame backfield early in the game. The crowd's going wild. Reggie Bush, the Heisman guy, gets the ball, goes up the middle, and like I say, vaults one of the DBs and uh, runs untouched for uh, for a touchdown. I mean, that that's one of the all-time games. I would throw out, so you have the Cubs. Here's the thing with the Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. Do the Red Sox in 2017 now, does that feel that important a moment to you, 2004 uh, now, since they've added a couple more? It feels like, wow, they finally got over the hump, but as you get away from it historically and they win more titles, I think it, it not diminishes, but it makes it feel less special. The Red Sox have now won two more titles. So if the Cubs, as constituted, they should win another World Series or three, 
um, over the next decade, is that going to make 2016 feel a little less special in your mind as an objective sports fan? I, I don't know if it gets knocked down a little. Will bit. Chicago fan become as obnoxious as Boston fan? Because <laughs> that will have a lot to do with it. Good wow. point. Red Sox fans, I have declared are now more than a decade past Yankees fans. Oh, they are absolutely. They have, they have Baseball surpassed. fans. They have surpassed. Yes. Who's the most obnoxious fan base out there? Seahawks. In all sports. For a while, they've sort of toned it down Patriot, a little Patriots bit. Patriots fan. Are they? Patriot, because Patriots okay. fan is always a – Patriots fan is the guy who has the biggest, fanciest house on the block and complains about a crack in his driveway. <laughs> Patriots fans are pretty bad. Well put. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, Kurt Gibson's home run. Awful. Kurt Gibson's home run is is to me is the best baseball moment. I'm gonna try. I get it. I love the Cubs getting over the hump and everything. But to me, that Kurt Gibson home run, limping up to the plate, Vince Scully like, hey, can I? I don't believe what I just saw. No, so, wait, that was Jack Buck. That was Jack Buck. I I don't believe what I just saw. Uh, no, okay, I don't now, believe what. I, well, I can't do Jack Buck. I can't do Vince Scully. Where now? I do a that, great Eddie Murphy. Is that better than the Joe Carter World Series winning home run against Definitely. the Phillies? Definitely. I don't know why, but it is. Okay. Well, he limped up to the plate. Well, because it was a tie game too, wasn't it? Uh, no, no. It was a two-run homer. Mike but Davis sixth, was on first base. Sixth inning. So okay, I'm gonna go best baseball moment, Kirk Gibson. Best NFL moment. I'm gonna go. I want to go San Antonio here real bad. You could also go Dwight Clark. You could also go, well, the plays we just uh, reeled off for you there. I, I mean, I think I would still go Tuck Rule. I mean, it really. It really you're what if it, though. That's, you're what if it. What do you mean, my what if thing? I, I love changed, what if it, but was the moment by itself as a, 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 as a singular moment? It Absolutely. Changes it is a seminal moment. It is one. It is one that everybody – all you say is the words tuck rule, and everybody knows where they were watching that game. Steelers would have won the Super Bowl that year. That's why I don't like that. <laughs> tuck rule doesn't happen. The Raiders right. pay a visit to Heinz Field in a classic AFC title game. The Steelers depose them. Then they go vanquish the Rams, and the rest is history. But I it think, didn't go that way. I think I got to go with the helmet catch. I think that was for NFL. Helmet catch yeah. over Vinatieri winning in the, the Super Bowl. And uh, mm-hmm. and Malcolm Butler and Santonio. Who wants to remember, a, wants to remember a field goal yeah. in winning something? It's like, eh. Helmet catch to, to end the Patriots undefeated skid in we didn't the even Super mention Bowl. The first overtime. That's, isn't that a little disappointing as now we're a few months away from it? I always, my whole life I've been waiting for a Super Bowl overtime. Now I think about it like, yeah. You know, right. I feel like it pretty got, good. You know, it's funny because I think the, the <laughs> overtime aspect of it was downplayed in favor of the because you knew Falcons it. blew a twenty-five point lead. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, and at that point, there was no one in that building, including Matt Ryan, who thought that the Falcons had any. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we're going to overtime. Well, maybe we can get them. Maybe, maybe we will get back here next year. Or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> we ain't getting it this year. Best uh, NCAA has. We got to do NCAA basketball. Sure. Nova over Georgetown. That was amazing. Nova over Carolina. Low Charles saving Derek Wittenberg and uh, the Wolfpack by uh, catching the air ball and dunking it in one motion to vanquish uh, the uh, five slam jamma Keem the Dream, Clyde Drexler, and uh, and uh, Houston Cougars team. That, I think there's nothing really beyond that. I don't think anything's happened since it. I know Villanova won on a buzzer, buzzer beater, beater and all that. That was, but, that was amazing. But we got it. It's one of those two, right? It's either Nova in 85 or – uh, I wasn't old enough for the 85. Yeah. Or I, Michael Jordan for you. 80, what, 82 was that? That's 82. Yeah. No, I think I think Nova's a bigger win. Nova over Georgetown. Na- Nova in 85. Um, see, I think the game that Marcus is playing is what was the most surprising result. 
And in a way, I'm getting uh, I'm getting seduced by Kirk Gibson too, limping up to the plate. <laughs> but I think that that's uh, that's my moment. Oh, Doug Flutie. Oh, I, what I'm going to say is, I talk about it. January 1, 1984, Miami Hurricanes, heavy underdog to the mighty Cornhuskers, Turner Gill, Mike Rozier, um, Irving Fryer, and the rest. Tom Osborne's juggernaut, Big Eight Huskers rolling in. Finally, they're going to win a national championship under Tom Osborne. Except that Bernie Kosar shows up and stuns them, and they get them they get them down a couple of touchdowns early. The Huskers rally. Then they do the same thing. They get up another couple of touchdowns late in the game, and uh, the Huskers rally. Uh, Mike Rogier gets hurt. Jeff Smith runs fourth and ten. They run the option with the season hanging in the balance. They run the option on fourth and ten, a pitch play to Jeff Smith. He runs it into the end zone with a minute left in the game, and uh, they go for two. The great nobility of Tom Osborne. He says, well, I could kick the extra point, win the national championship without any question. I would win it with a tie here. But no, I'm a man, and I'm going for two here. I'm a man. I, I want I, I'm, history's not going to remember me as someone who backed into this thing. I'm kicking. I'm going for two. He went for it. History did not smile on him that day. Instead, it uh, it smiled on uh, Howard Schnellenberger's Canes. They win the title. That to me is one of the great moments. People don't seem to remember that one. Spaghetti MVP. You want to throw some in here? You have fresh perspective, like franchise, because you're much younger than I. I don't have anything new to add. I, I'm going to go with Santonio San for me. Number right. one. Yeah. That's the greatest since 1980. Since 1980, when I was born in 93. Holy yes. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I also got to say Jerome Lane uh, breaking the backboard. It, all right. No, I'm not really. Send it in, Jerome. Send, send it in, Jerome. Spaghetti, how say you? When Lemieux won his Stanley Cup finally? No, I could say 94 and the Rangers won. I watched that plenty of times. Yeah. Um, I think the Giants helmet catch and Manningham catch is great. We played those two roles a million times in my head. Yeah. Uh, I think last year in sports was really, really good with the Cubs, with LeBron's block versus the Warriors. That's, That's a good I remember. one. Um, the Bush push game you brought up, I remember that like Notre Dame grew the grass out as a Notre Dame fan. That game ha! <laughs> but the, the Vince Young Rose Bowl game, I have that still saved on a v, on a VHS tape because that was an awesome. The Rose Bowl game was awesome. Um, am I missing anything else? I think that's that's pretty much. I mean, Brett Hall won the Stanley Cup on a uh, an over excuse me on an overtime winner, but it was just had, was surrounded in so much controversy and some controversy in iconic games is good, but not on the game winner. You don't want uh, like well, his foot was in the crease. Clearly, that goal shouldn't have counted. They should have kept playing. That ruined that one. How about Matteo Matteo? First the Devils, Rangers no, the Devils. No, that's only for Rangers fans. <laughs> <laughs> only Rangers fans think that that was a great moment. Mato, Mato, yeah, it was a junk goal. I'm trying to balance out the Steelers talk with some New York sports talk, so. We haven't talked enough. We haven't done enough New York sports talk for you. No, now we're good. Now we're at a good point. Did your blue shirts make the NHL uh, playoffs this year? You know, you know they did. We talked about it yesterday. Good luck to them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> good luck. Good luck to the uh, alleged king. Did you see uh, Sidney Crosby bank one off his head the other night? I did, but into the goal. He said, "I'm going to make a goal, but first I'm going to bonk it off your uh, <laughs> off, off uh, his highness's head." And we wow. we beat you our last home opener versus uh, with a backup goalie. So. Yeah, but we didn't want to play in that game. We were taking, we were getting rested up. Didn't hey, want to play. That's right. Well, we weren't in the mood. To, yeah, we called up some uh, some oh. youngsters, give them some uh, some run in the big league. Oh, what a time I had with my man Jean Claude Van Damashek, and I went to his first NHL game. And uh, he went wild. And awesome. Super fun on a number of levels. But uh, what was great is that he told some people around us, like, hey, I'm, I like the Pittsburgh's I like Pittsburgh Penguins best, and he showed them that he had a Penguins T-shirt on underneath. <laughs> Made me very happy. Was it w- with the Penguins playing? 
Was it a king? No, they weren't. No. Oh, right. <laughs> they weren't playing. That's he, awesome. He, he, wanted, <laughs> he wanted them to know, and I know it was. Uh, I know he enjoyed it because um, we ordered a pizza at the uh, concession stand, but they call your number out. Yeah. And in recounting this, uh, the our experience uh, several days later to uh, to Mo Damashek, who's just celebrated her birthday. So happy oh, birthday happy to birthday, old Mo. Old Mo. Um, she in recounting the tale, uh, the, our experience there. He remembered what our number was for the pizza. <laughs> it, and Momo, it was like, but you had to order the pizza. But then, like, they called your number, and it was, it was our number was two two seven three two, and then Ooh. they didn't call it. But then we ordered it without, we ordered it with cheese, but they put pepperoni on it. Like this is the story he wrote. That's that's what his takeaway is from his first among, NHL among game. other things. So right, it was, uh, it was a good time for right. uh, the both of us. We didn't do the, uh, but it's enough show already, right? Emma VP. Seventy minutes. All right, we better not do our league leagues review. I really want to do it though. Marcus G, you were in it. Um, <laughs> I am now. I'm an impartial observer. I will the league say, of leagues the the uh, virgin is, run. Now that we've been drafted, what do you think? Well, I will say one. You need to watch out for Jonah Carey, who is going to you know in theory run away with baseball. He's in last place right now. Believe it or not. Wow. Okay, that's not good. Uh, I do like what what Adam Rank and James Coe did by going basketball heavy early. They kind of decided to break their draft up by sports. They went basketball heavy, then they went baseball, and then followed up with some football. So their what sense does that make? That's like weirdos who do the thing with their food, and we're like, well, first the meatloaf, then the green beans, then the mashed potatoes. The it's pleasure is all mixed together. Well, the strategy. Well, it is because obviously now they have a lot of assets to move around. You know, so if their football team's not as great, which it you know has some issues. Uh, they've got a lot of basketball assets they can move around to build that. And I think that's part of it is you stockpile assets in one sport and, and you use them to build your other teams. And aren't there, like, fewer elite NBA fantasy guys than in the other sports? I guess so, yeah. My NBA team is uh, is hurting there. It's, it's, it definitely isn't as good as my, uh, my NFL team. If Marshawn Lynch comes back, Zeke Elliott I get in the second round overall. Nice. If I get – if 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 Marshawn Lynch, I took a flyer on him. If he plays this year and is anything close to Marshawn Lynch, I don't care if it's with the Raiders or the Patriots. Although I guess if I had to choose, I'll say Raiders. But <laughs> either way, if if he comes through, that that team's a juggernaut. I just knew My NFL team. I knew uh, when we first drafted a couple years ago that we were all in trouble for baseball when we finished the draft. And Jonah Carey was talking about texting with someone in the Rangers front office about bringing up prospects. It's the worst. Wow. He, he drafts oh. like just to be a just to be a jerk. He drafts like nine year olds <laughs> that he's heard about. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're I we're all this. in trouble. By the way, did you happen to see 60 Minutes on Sunday about the uh, the Japanese uh, Babe Ruth as he's called? He insists. Wouldn't that be Sadahara O? No, I thought so too, and I, it sounds like Sid Finch. Look it up if you don't know the name Sid Finch. It's a great legend a by the story. late George Plimpton that people bought at the time. It really sounds like one of those. This guy insists. I think he's 22 or maybe 23. He is. He throws 102 miles an hour and is the best slugger in Japanese baseball what? right now. And insists. At the end of this season, he's making himself available. Invariably, he's going to be a New York Yankee. Where else is he going to wind up? But anyway, I'm sure he'll be a Yankee or a Red Sox. The Dodgers could very much overpay. Maybe the Dodgers. But <laughs> this guy says he's not even going to take meetings with teams that aren't willing to let him both pitch, start games. So he doesn't want to come so, out. So he's, so he's already ruled out the American S- League. Starting pitcher. And, no, he'll DH. Uh-huh. He can DH for you. He, he wants a DH, or it, that, that would be what he would do. Presumably, he's not going to play a position out there. He'll DH, and he's your starting pitcher. That's crazy. 
And he looks – and when you – I mean, obviously, he's throwing 102 miles an hour. How yeah. bad can he look? But he slugs. He has that <laughs> – um, yeah, so I can't wait to see what happens with this guy. In fact, it made me think I should try to see if I could pick him up in free agency. For <laughs> well, now everyone knows. I know. All right, I'm going to go do it between now and the time uh, this podcast posts. Yeah, there you in go. the meantime, what a pleasure, franchise, to see you. Give our best to the other hipster, uh, Matt Harmon. I think sure. everybody got along nicely. Is there peace now between the fantasy ranks here at the it, NFL? See, meeting? really, like, pull behind the curtain, the, uh, the Twitter beef – is really just to set up a potential grand reunion between the four of us uh, in the fall if that were to happen. This is just building anticipation a, for, well, the re- yeah. for the reunion you, tour. Uh, no, but you just pulled the curtain back. Yeah. It's a manufactured bit. I got you. Yeah. We're, we're actually buddies. You should. We're actually going to go have lunch after no, this. Let's see, don't say that. Cause, like, no, no, try that again. Try that. Let's it's it's that a little, it's like, a little kayfabe. It's some WWE stuff. They, you know, they battle it. with each other and then they go out. I and have get it. I used, don't pull the curtain I, back I like mean, that. Try that again. Ready? I used to let's be. do that again. Like, okay, I thought this show went well. Franchise, is there peace now between the fantasy? Guys? I mean, if he invites me back on the group text message chain, then sure. But I don't know. Till then, you, I'm not, I'm not I don't know why you made me sit next to him. I I can't wait to get out of here. Ooh, uncomfortable, chilly in here. I better get out of Studio 66. I need a parka. All right iTunes, the Fantasy Hipsters, listen to it, live it, love it. Same goes for NFL Fantasy Live, the podcast, and the page is available on NFL.com. Follow him on Twitter. What's the Twitter handle, Marcus G? M-A-R-C-A-S-G. There you go. And also his uh, his reviews of the TV show, franchise, kibitzing about this, that, and the other. Back with Malcolm Jenkins for you later in the week. I almost got it all in there. Play the music again, though. There we go. All right, almost uh, so later in the week. The return of Malcolm Jenkins, one of our favorite fellas in all of pro football. If uh, our meeting in Houston is any indication, we will cover a full range of subjects, both fun and serious-minded. Why? Because Damashek's a serious guy. You be the judge of it when you listen later in the week. Thin slice heaven. Ah, I couldn't get it all out. <laughs> you want to play it one more time? One more time. Let's give it to you. All right. So, for Marcus Grant. Pat Franciscovich, MVP, and Eddie Spaghetti, a.k.a. Eddie Murphy behind the glass. Let's go, Pens. Screw you, Caps and Rangers. All the rest of you is too. Talk to you later in the week. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
way. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forest, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins.